the best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. When you watch a, a guy, Ger, standing on the sideline counting players with his fingers, you know this is bullshit. Probably the greatest ever victory for Ireland. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, it is time for the second episode of You Had to Be There. Just so unexpected. You had to be there. Covering Celtic at that time was a brilliant thing. The atmosphere at Parkhead was always great. You had to be there. Nobody ever talks about this game. Nobody saw it. Uh, you had to be there. The gauntlet was uh, very much laid down by Jonathan Wilson last week in episode one of this. You can listen to it back, listen to it back in our podcasts. Uh, Dan McDonald is next man up as we go through some of the best live performances a journalist has ever seen. In the flesh, of course. Dan, how challenging was this for you to put this list together? Pretty challenging, yeah, because um, you don't want to... Like, I know I, it was described as like greatest individual performances, but then I did listen to Jonathan's piece last week and he, like, he threw in John Kennedy for Celtic, which was a memorable individual display, but I'm not sure if he's suggesting it was a better performance than I presume he's watched Messi in a Classico or something like that. It's the ones that, that stick with you. And I kind of find it hard because like... Uh, this is the classic sort of I don't know journalist sort of coming across like a bit of a prat without meaning to but you've been to so many games and you've been to a lot of I'm lucky to have been to the last I think three World Cups and um, you know quite a few major tournaments that you sort of start to forget them you know did, did you lose I think the feeling the you know ones that made you feel like a fan and the sad thing is like you, you stop feeling that way I think because you're often just immersed in your own world you know you're actually sort of you, you see great things but it's very much in the context of yeah but I have a deadline here and you, you sort of you, you almost lose some of that magic or I have anyway you know yeah. maybe it's, maybe other people manage to sort of retain that um, so I actually had to really think about it and to try and think of ones that genuinely I was sort of thinking about sort of 24 hours later and I actually had that sort of lasting impact um, rather than sometimes there's ones that they just like that was great but you, they sort of go into the the, the you know the, the dustbin of history of your mind like pretty quickly but yeah. I also think as well you know, people move on from sporting events a lot quicker now. They don't linger. There's so much. I don't know. People don't, you know, you move on to the next story. You have these incredible Champions League games in recent years, like Barca, PSG and all these comebacks, the Liverpool one. But it has to be almost extraordinary to live in the sporting cycle, you know, beyond a week. You know mm. what I mean? But um, And there's possibly a conversation in there around individual moments as well that maybe... In the modern football, we've got these super teams as opposed. That's to actually a very good point. The 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 the, the, the framing here is by you know singling out players. Yeah. There's probably there would be nights that I associate with teams rather than individual players like that. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier like that the dark run in 2016 was amazing, but I associate it as a team, so yeah. I couldn't pick out one thing from that. But I did sort of pick out a couple of stories, which are a little bit more for me anyway. My team is a little bit more almost seeing people before they were famous or you know seeing them as they were about to to take off I knew them before they were cool well Uh, sort of yeah it's like I saw you know I I saw this band in Whelan's you know before they sort of took off or something there's a a small bit of that in there Yeah. so our our first band that you've seen before they became Mm. well known is uh, Wes Hoolahan Wes Hoolahan I had to um, this was the last one that I intended similar to Jonathan last week I'm doing it in chronological order Um, so this is 2004 a game between Shelburne and Finn Harps which wouldn't necessarily live long in the memory 
only for the fact that this was around the time you're realizing now, nah, like, and a lot of people have realized this earlier, but maybe just um, sometimes you see it in the flesh, you see the hype coming to life. Is that this this Wes Hulin fella is pretty good, and the clip is out there on YouTube. If people want to look at you know Wes Hulin, Finn Harps, uh, they'll 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 find this goal that he scored, um, where he sort of executes this one-two, and this sort of perfect deft chip that just drops in underneath the crossbar. Um, one of these goals, you know, I still sort of remember it. I still remember sitting in the in the press box that night, working, um, watching the game, and just being stirred by it, and just sort of realizing that I don't know how many people were in the ground that day. You know, sort of thousand, fifteen hundred people. Because shells even wouldn't have got massive crowds at the time, even though they were pretty good. Um, but you're realizing. Yeah, I wish more people could could see how good this guy is. Mm. And there's always a part of you with that, with those, the League of Ireland geniuses, of which there are many, you know, and there's been many over the years, like Tony Sheridan and Liam Coyle and these incredibly talented players who you always fear there's some kink or something that's going to hold them back from getting to the stage that they deserve, that you're looking at this going, this is a special talent that like most people, like everyone tries to play football when they're a kid. And this, this fella has a talent that's in the 0.001%. And yet you're thinking, I really hope he gets that stage to he, do did it. He? Did he yeah. get that stage he deserved, do you think? Like, to, it's oh, but he did eventually. Extent. Like, Wes still scored it. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Why I think a lot of people probably um, felt the emotion of his goal against Sweden in the Euros in 2016. That, like, that, I mean, there was 12 years after... Like, he was quite old at that stage, yeah. you know. The, like, Wes played in the League of Ireland not for, like, six months, like a lot of the like the young players. Now, like, what the great thing about the Brexit reality now is that I feel like in 10, 15 years' time, there's going to be a lot more stories that people have like this because you will see great talents passing through for, like, you know, six months. But Wes was, was here for, I think, five years. Well, what about, yeah, but what about his club career? Did, did you think it would take him to an even higher plane than that got to? Because I think the Irish thing is a, is a little bit more nuanced than the talent. I mean, there's conversations around managers and all that. But if you distill this down to his club career, do you think he reached the level he your talent his, his talent could have got him to? Yeah, he, he could have got there earlier, I suppose. Okay. Like you know, and 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 in reflection, the Irish thing has possibly tied in with it. I mean, but the Ireland squad was very good around that time too. I think with Brian Kerr was the manager. Um, like, could he have found room for Wes and some of those squads? But it, it wasn't as much of a debate and the discussion then. And to be fair, he had a Premier League squad. And like the thing about Wes is, like it took him a while. I mean, he went to Livingston and didn't do especially well, um, and and then went to sort of England and worked his way up the levels there, and probably had to get fitter and do you know make certain improvements in his in his sort of lifestyle, which I think he's spoken about in the past, which he did. Um, and so maybe it's not, sometimes it's like it's football's fault that Wes didn't get to where he was, but maybe he himself could have addressed some things a little bit earlier and got to the top of the mountain a little bit earlier. Um, but it, I think there, there was possibly always a certain joy that a lot of people here took from Wes eventually doing his thing in the Premier League and, and being part of like a big landmark moment, like an Irish goal at a major tournament because 
mean, over a decade earlier, they were saying someone has to realise how good he is. Yeah. You know, how good this guy is. Next up is uh, an international game between Croatia and Germany in 2008. Yeah, so this is Euro 2008. And like this is the, the first uh, the first tournament I went to, the first major tournament I went to. And there's always maybe, again, maybe there's a personalised element to that that you, you, you're particularly nostalgic for that because it was like, this is great. Like I'm at a, a major football tournament here. And it was the summer that Modric had just joined Spurs. So this classic thing where you will have in a major tournament, um, we all do it, it'll happen later this year, um, there'll be some smaller nation playing and some exciting young player on the team who's there's loads of Premier League interest in him or he's on his way to the Premier League and you'll watch them with a little bit more interest. But this was in a place called Klagenfurt and it was... Uh, one of these grounds which is rare a lot of the major tournaments you're up at a perch like the Aviva like you're looking at this stadium like a sort of a Subutio pitch down below you but this is one like White Hart Lane the old White Hart Lane and a few places where you're right at pitch level like sort of you know three four seats from the, the front you know so you're watching the game with the perfect sort of ringside sort of seat and Croatia beat Germany and Modric was sensational and it was just so obvious and as clear as day that this guy is is a world class operator and again and it may be like there's a bit out of my list with some it wasn't like one particular moment it was more just that sustained quality across the game this control this sort of degree of sort of uh, just just slowly you know you, you appreciate more maybe when you're there just the little runs the little passes that he was sort of controlling everything he was controlling the pitch everything was on a string and he was sort of uh, he was holding it and uh, again just one of these moments where you're thinking even at this level this fella can go so much further in yeah. where he can do and and maybe you know, like you, I've seen performances from people and, and they've dropped off a clip like you know two years later and, and that's it and maybe it's grown in in my mind it's become even a, a bigger game or a bigger moment because he's gone on to be like a sort of a phenomenon like yeah. and, and it, it wasn't just hype he was the real deal but yeah that's a, a memory that, all, that will always stick in my mind that one class so that's Modric in the group stages of your 08 against Germany the next one is relatively niche. Yeah, I needed something niche in there. I definitely did. Like uh, the 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 League of Ireland European Games. I mean, it's very topical because we're talking about one. Uh, we're talking about a round of them today. And this is Shamrock Rovers Partizan Belgrade in 2011. This is the second leg of uh, the playoff tie. Rovers had drawn the game one all in Dublin. Gary McCabe, Katie McCabe's brother, got a late equaliser. Um, and going over there, like, you know, I went, there was only four Irish journalists went. And in reality, it was sort of the lion's den stuff. And you're selling it thinking, yeah, I think they have a chance of getting through. But probably deep down, you're thinking, I mean, this is very unlikely to happen. And one of the things about that Shamrock Rovers team is that they, they probably struggled in the goalkeeping department that year. So Ryan Thompson is a Jamaican goalkeeper who wouldn't have had a reputation of, well, this is a, a top keeper in the league. He would have had some good days and he would have had some bad days. You know, he would have had some ropey days. And you're sort of looking at him going to Belgrade, one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in, the Partizan Stadium. They're expecting this to be a night where they qualify for the group stages of the Europa League. And uh, seven, I think it was about five or six minutes into the game, um, he's taken a kick out and he pretty much kicks it straight 
to the partisan striker this classic sort of gaff right where you're thinking oh no like this is a horror show this is all your this is like this is the nightmare coming true like he's going to struggle here and he actually managed to save the shot that came straight back at him and it was one of these moments where you're thinking I kind of wonder could this night be something a little bit different and it sort of went from there that although partisan went 1-0 up um Thompson just starts to make some really good saves. He's having one of these nights. Again, there's a clip that's out there of him, like one incredible reaction save where the ball comes into the box, ricochets off a partisan player, and he somehow, that classic one that the goalkeepers do, the change of direction, the quick feet, and he sends out a hand and he pushes it around the post. And and it just, like, it's, it was one of those nights then Patrick Sullivan scored this an incredible 30 yard volley, and Shamrock Rovers go on to win 2-1 after extra time the first Irish club to ever qualify for the group stages of a competition in this like heaving stadium in Belgrade where there's like they're, they're booing their players they're slaughtering their players but they give a massive round of applause and ovation to the Shamrock Rovers players coming off the pitch because they knew like this was a, you know a, a sort of a, a pretty small club having a pretty big moment there was like 35 Shamrock Rovers fans there there was big security concerns about how they would be treated I remember even arriving in Belgrade and everyone who arrived to Belgrade we were taken into an office and there was a security guard there and a local police guy there who gave us all individual instructions on how to conduct yourself while in Belgrade for this trip wow. I think they thought that there was going to be like all this trouble or this edge or something and that didn't um, materialise that didn't materialise and like the partisan were I mean it was a pretty intense angry place but more so directed at their own players okay. but in the midst of it you have this goalkeeper who possibly would have been described as you know a ropey one just having one of the nights of his life gets away with that early mistake and as the game goes on he gets better he gets better doesn't concede another and uh, they go into the group stages and they're playing Spurs and, and all of that and uh, he, he leaves the club um, I think at the end of that season he's gone and he's played around the world in sort of various places um, but he'll always have Belgrade he'll always have a place on Dan McDonald's list as well which well, that's, is the, that's the, the key list thing. where he wants to be in uh, yeah. I've got a couple more to go here uh, two more higher high profile names I think yeah. it's fair to say yeah so Jack Grealish so we have Jack Grealish who I mean, we've heard of him. Yeah, he's a little-known player called Jack Grealish who uh, is always good to have a, an ex-Irish under-21 international <laughs> in the list. Um, but this this one, again, it's, it's Sheffield United and Aston Villa, January 2018, where I'd actually gone to Sheffield to interview Enda Stevens or to do a piece with Enda Stevens after this match. And the classic thing of uh, the journalist thing, if you, 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 t- you pop along to a game in the UK to try and h- watch an Irish player and you have sort of a loose arrangement to speak to them after the game, you hope that nothing bad happens to them during the match and yeah. it changes things. Go, like, I remember I went over to Chris Forrester when he signed for Peterborough and he missed a penalty in the 92nd minute of the game. And I like, you have to hover around and meet him afterwards. It wasn't, wasn't great. But Enda Stevens makes a mistake in the last minute of this game and... I just decided to leave and be. They lose 1-0. But the real takeaway from the night for me was Grealish. Because you remember that little, that little period after Grealish defected where he went off the rails a small bit and there was this sense of Villa went down and people thought, well, yeah, we've dodged we, bullet we, there. Don't, we, we don't miss this Grealish guy. You know, I think even around the time, of, even Euro, I'm trying to think what term, was it Euro 2016? Or there was definitely a sense where he was on the, the downgrade. But this was probably the night that sticks in me where I was just like, Oh no, like 
this all, guy all your is brilliant. Yeah, like he he was he became this boo boy figure in the championship. Like he, like for whatever reason, just because of Grealish, he had a bit of presence, a bit of swagger. I didn't realize that he was being sort of booed for no particular reason by Sheffield United fans that night in the same way like James McLean would get booed in stadiums just because he's a sort of a, a, a figure that annoyed them. He kept getting kicked. He just kept getting up. He kept looking for the ball. He kept taking the ball. He would get fouled. And I know he can be frustrating Grealish and where he's going to go to now. And maybe with Villa he was trying to do everything which was both a good thing and a bad thing. But I have to admit that it was you're just watching this game in the same way you're maybe talking about Modric or something thinking, yeah, this guy's actually probably going to go pretty far in the game and yeah it's just one that sort of I was trying to include something from sort of games in England that I've been to and that was definitely one that sort of came to mind that you're watching someone in the championship you're really, he's, he's going through a character building process right in front of your eyes and he's good enough to come out the other end and they didn't, get, they didn't even get promoted that season Villa it was ne- the next season they got up to the playoffs but um, it wasn't a huge surprise to me then that sort of Grealish went on to be whatever 100 million pound player yeah yeah no for sure uh, your last one I think most people will remember this on television anyway yeah so I got lucky in the World Cup in, in 2018 that I got to I was in Kazan and I think Jonathan actually spoke about this last week as well that these World Cups like the, the, the distances are vast and you sort of gamble on knockout games you have to book them before you know who's in them and mm. so you could, it could work out great or it could work out badly you could think you're going to be preparing for a heavyweight clash and end up with like two low profile teams but because Argentina came in the back door to the round of 16 I ended up in Kazan for France-Argentina um, which was possibly the game of that tournament you know like yeah. it was just and to be in the stadium for it was an experience as it was but Kylian Mbappe in that game was one of those moments almost like a sporting sound that we're talking about across the show there was this moment in the game where it was like a long 60 yard pass played over the top and the acceleration he showed the sort of lap I can't even remember who the Argentine defender was that he effectively sort of lapped him to get to the ball and there was this sort of intake of breath from the audience there would have been quite a few neutrals at these games and you're just realising again this is an extraordinarily sort of freakish talent like you're not this is like you're already watching elite football and everyone on that pitch is brilliant by a certain measure but there are obviously some people who just are that little little grade up you know and maybe I don't know like Mbappé hasn't gone on to be the absolute phenomenon that maybe I'd possibly thought coming home that he was going to be, you know, straight away that he would get to that sort of Messi Ronaldo discussion uh, level. He's not there now, right? Like he's he's if you were to list like the top three footballers in the world, some people wouldn't have a minute. I think you know. Yeah, has the PSG thing held him back? In probably that has. No, it probably has, and and like various stories maybe about his. I, I don't know, like how, how is he perceived, and and there's maybe people around him that maybe aren't great influences, and all these stories that we've we've seen a million times. But this was him with everything to prove to the world. Mm. Like this is like, uh, and maybe that that's the team here that a lot of these guys like were. It was before they'd really got to the top level, so they have that drive. Like we spoke about Aaron Connolly earlier. Like when guys are on the way up, sometimes they actually peak then. 
they never actually correct you know yeah. that that's what that actually is their peak you just don't realize you're seeing that at the time and like and they definitely don't realize no it. And, and maybe Mbappe in that World Cup like may end up being the highlight of his career it might well yeah. be especially when you look at the Euros last time missing that penalty and like yeah. the, the, that's a damaging effect that has but it kind of felt at that moment that it was like oh there's actually kind of like a, a, a negative chapter to this guy's career yeah. where you thought everything was going to be so perfect that it was just a reminder that actually that these these guys are mortal. Yeah, and and, and it just it sticks out more. Like I've seen Messi play and Ronaldo play, um, but they were sort of established figures, mm. and so they, uh, it was amazing to watch them and a great pleasure to watch them. But there's something about sort of seeing someone who's who's on the way there, and like that was such a sensational game. But just his his contribution to it, um, even if it wasn't, he didn't score the best goal, you know. And, yeah, and Pavard's the, Pavard's goal, the, yeah. the 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 flight of the shot was just stunning, you know. But it was possibly one thing you're thinking. I'm going to be telling people in many years to come. 100. I saw Mbappe play in that game. He was absolutely sensational that day. Dan, an excellent list, I must say. Fair Thank play you to you. Yeah, that is this week's. You had to be there. It was so unexpected. You had to be there. Covering Celtic at that time was a brilliant thing. The atmosphere at Parkhead was always great. You had to be there. Nobody ever talks about this game. Nobody saw it. Uh, you had to be there. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.